Good morning, everybody. Glad that you're here with us today. Let me start by reminding you men, we've got Promise Keepers, a men's conference that's coming up in Daytona Beach, October 25th and 26th. And we're coming to the end of our sign-up for that. And so uh, if you're going with us, we need to know about it. We've got a table at the back section of the room over here. We'd love for you to stop by there before you leave today. Sign up. You can also sign up online for that. And uh, it'll be great for us to take a group of men down to Daytona Beach for that great men's conference. Now, today we are in week three of our series called The Power of Blessing. And in this series, we're operating under two premises. And the first is this, that our God wants to bless you. We serve a God of blessing. He has blessed us. He is blessing us. He will bless us. That's just what God does. He's a God of blessing. Now, the second thing that we're operating under is that God blesses us so that we will bless others. God never blesses us so that we can hold on to it for ourselves. God's blessings are always intended to be passed through us to other people who are in need of a blessing from God. So those two things that we're operating under throughout this entire series. If you were not with us last week, I challenged our church family to a really big challenge. I challenged them to speak words of life all week long. Right now, I had three elements to this challenge. The first was just speak words of encouragement all week long. Can you imagine? Like, if you weren't here for the challenge, good for you. Can you imagine all week long speaking words of encouragement, no negative stuff coming out of your mouth? The second thing I asked everybody to do is pay attention to how people around you respond. So, like, pay attention at work or school or home. If you're speaking words of life, what are people saying? What are they noticing about you? Do they notice a difference or not? And the third thing I encourage you to do was write a note of encouragement to someone. And we provided thank you notes to everybody here, and I hope that you were able to do that. So I just want to check in with you for just a minute. How many of you that engaged this challenge would say, that was really hard? I struggled with that throughout the week. How many of you failed like, you know, just like, whoops, shouldn't have said that. Well, hopefully you got right back on track and, and kept on going. How many of you had someone notice a difference in you? Anybody brave enough to say, hey, like somebody knows. All right, so I'd love to hear from someone on, on that. So what did you hear? What did people say? What'd they say? Feel free to say that out loud, not just in your head. So somebody brave, be courageous. Do you always have to be so positive? Wow, that, you know, like that's a nice thing to say in a weird kind of way. Um, so cool. So yeah, that's awesome. We need to be positive. So Holly. I, I got into a little bit of an argument with my daughter's school bus driver. Uh-huh. That is so very cool, very cool. How rare is that? You know, I don't think in our relationship with God, the big deal is not that we're perfect all the time because we like, can't do that. That was Jesus' job. He did that for us. So as we're learning to become more like Jesus, there are moments we blow it. But when we blow it, what should we do? Take responsibility. 
We shouldn't blame other people for it. We should take full responsibility. Like, hey, I blew it. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry I did that. And then get, get right back on track with speaking words of life and words of encouragement to others. Now, here's the greater challenge, okay? So if you weren't here with us last week, you're here this week. And the greater challenge is not that we do this for a week. It's that we do it for all of our lives. So that we become people known for speaking words of life and not words of death. As our world looks around at us and watches us, they're determining whether they are going to believe in the creator of the universe, often by what they see in us, what we say and how we behave. If we're known for speaking words of life, people often drawn towards us. They may not believe everything that we believe, but they're often drawn towards us and towards the creator by our words of life instead of words of death. So the big challenge again for all of us, if you're a Christ follower, is that we do that on a regular basis. And so we definitely need God's help as we learn how to do that. Now today we are going to explore a story in the Bible that delivers a blessing in a very unique way. This is a story about a man stealing a blessing from his older brother. It's the story of Esau and Jacob. We'll explore that together today if you're not familiar with that. Now, I have to warn you that at the end of today's message, a number of you might feel like, I'm feeling a little little undone. Like there isn't there more to this message. Some of you might walk out today feeling like, is that it? Is that really God's blessing? Are you sure there's not more? So I don't have one of those really nice little Christian bows to tie at the end of this message. So there's a few of you that might really continue to wrestle with the elements of this story. But here's what's important, I think, about this story. It contains a critical part, a critical part. We have to understand this about God's blessings. It contains a critical part for us to recognize and experience God's blessings. Sometimes God's blessings come in packages that we aren't expecting, very surprising packages. Sometimes God's blessings lead us down roads that we wouldn't volunteer to go down. And yet, that's where some of God's greatest blessings are found. So with that incredibly encouraging disclaimer, I'm sure you're ready to dive in. So let's just pray together and we'll dive into our story. God, I thank you for being a God of blessing, a God who blesses us every day. Every day we wake up to a new day. Bible says your mercies are new every morning. Every new day is a new chance to live a new life and to live a little bit more like you, Jesus. So I pray that you would open our eyes to the many, many blessings that are all around us. And Lord, today we're going to look at a blessing that some of us are going to really wrestle with and wonder, is that really a blessing? Lord, I pray that you would teach us through this amazing story about blessings that come in interesting packages. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, today's story starts in Genesis 25, and it tells us a story about this couple named Isaac and Rebekah. 
So Isaac and Rebecca meet, fall in love, and they have twin boys, Esau and Jacob. And these twin boys have an intense rivalry. Anybody have brothers that have an intense rivalry in their lives? All right, yeah, there's, two, there's, there's a rivalry going on right here. So these brothers have an intense rivalry that started before they were born. So in Rebecca's womb, she's going, what's going on in there? I mean, these guys are having knockdown dragouts to the point she talks to God and says, God, you got to tell me what's happening inside of me. I don't understand. And he says, well, hey, there's a little rivalry going on in there. Well, Esau was born just a few moments before Jacob. And when Esau was pulled out, Jacob's hand was holding on to Esau's heel as if to say, I'm not through with you. You're not getting out of here without me. So they continued this rivalry for much of their lives. Now Esau's name had an interesting meaning. It meant hairy. So apparently he came out and he was just a hairy kid. And we've got Jacob. His name meant deceiver. So I'm thinking that Isaac and Rebecca, they're flipping through baby name books and they're talking to their friends about baby names and they're going, man, everybody's got the cool names. Like, what do we do? We got to be a little different. So they, they go with Harry Boy and Deceiver Boy. So not very exciting names for these young guys to be identified with, but nonetheless, these guys live up to their names. Esau continued to be Harry all of his life and Jacob was known for his deception. Now, Esau grew up to be a hunter. He loved the outdoors. And then Jacob, he was kind of a shy guy, more quiet, kind of like being at home. Uh, you might call him a mama's boy. So he's a little bit more like that. Now, Genesis 25, verse 28, has one of the saddest verses in the Bible when it comes to parenting. It says this, Isaac loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. There's a whole world of hurt in that sentence. For these two boys, their life became a battle for a blessing that neither of them could ever get because Isaac loved Esau and Rebekah loved Jacob. So you can imagine that their rivalry intensified when they were born, knowing that dad loves you and mom loves you. So they really didn't get along well with each other. Well, we're going to fast forward in their story to almost the end of Isaac's life. And Isaac decided it's time to give my oldest son, which is Esau, the blessing. In his old age, Isaac had grown blind and he wasn't doing well physically. He knew he didn't have long to live. And so he called Esau. He said, my son, I'm an old man now and I don't know when I may die. Take your bow and a quiver full of arrows and go out into the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare my favorite dish and bring it here for me to eat. Then I will pronounce the blessing that belongs to you, my firstborn son, before I die. Now, this blessing, this prayer of blessing that he's going to give over Esau is a major deal. Imagine this with your family, your parents, okay? So imagine maybe your dad saying to you at some point in your life, I'm going to pray the prayer of blessing over you. And whatever your father would pray over you would come true. So whatever he would pray, this would come true in your life. So this was a really big deal for Esau. 
Well, verse five tells us that Rebecca overheard this conversation and you know how she feels about Jacob. She wanted that for Jacob. So she devises a plan for Jacob to steal this blessing away from his brother. Can you imagine your mom helping one of your siblings steal something from you that belongs to you? So we've got a dysfunctional family going on here, okay? Now, there's a few problems in Rebecca's plan. Number one, Esau's hairy, Jacob has smooth skin. It's gonna be a problem. They don't sound anything alike. It's gonna be a problem. How are they gonna figure this out? Well, Rebecca, in her own craftiness, she comes up with this plan. She capitalizes on Isaac's blindness. So she takes this young goat, the skin of the young goat. She puts it on um, Jacob's arms and on his neck. And then she makes Isaac's favorite meal and hands it to Jacob and says, now go deceive your father to get this blessing. So in this freshly made werewolf Halloween costume, he's got his brother's hunting clothes on. I'm sure it looked very interesting what he looked like as he walked in to see his dad who couldn't see him. And Isaac wasn't convinced at first. He wasn't convinced. I mean, he heard the voice and he's like, that's not the voice of my son Esau. So Jacob did his best deception efforts to try to convince his dad. And his dad said, hey, come here, come a little closer. When he came closer, his dad felt his arm. His dad smelled his hunting clothes. And the Bible says when he smelled those clothes, Isaac said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of the outdoors, which the Lord has blessed. And so in that moment, he was convinced. So this is really Esau. And he instead blessed Jacob. Now listen to that blessing found in Genesis 27. It says, from the dew of heaven and the richness of the earth, may God always give you abundant harvests of grain and bountiful new wine. May many nations become your servants and may they bow down to you. May you be the master over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. All who bless you or all who curse you will be cursed and all who bless you will be blessed. Now, again, this is a really big deal because everything that Isaac has prayed is going to come true for Jacob. So Jacob gets this amazing blessing, and then Esau comes home. Esau comes home with this game that he has has captured. He prepares it, and he brings it into his dad, and he finds out that he's too late. He finds out that his brother has stolen his blessing And he begs his dad, he says, dad, do you have anything left? Do you have any blessing left? Please, please bless me too. And this is all that Isaac had left for Esau. In Genesis 27, verse 39, Isaac said, you will live away from the richness of the earth and away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by your sword and you will serve your brother. But when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. So not exactly the same kind of blessing. Now, I'm not exactly sure all the biblical meanings for for why there was a blessing that went to Jacob only and there wasn't anything left over for Esau. I'm not exactly sure all of that, but the, the context in a biblical setting for blessing was once that blessing was handed over to that person, it stayed 
It, it could not be revoked. It could not be changed. It was set. So we've got Esau, who's angry. His brother's just stolen one of the most important things in his life. And so he's angry. He determines he's going to kill his brother. He says, that's it. Once dad uh, it dies and our mourning is over, I'm going to go out and I'm going to kill Jacob. Now, Rebecca overhears that. And she says, Jacob, you better run for your life or it's going to be over. So Jacob takes off, doesn't have anything with him. He just takes off and runs away from home. So we have a family that's broken apart because of the mishandling of a blessing. Just like we've said in this series, anytime we try to hold on to God's blessings, in this context, anytime we try to steal a blessing that belongs to someone else, bad stuff happens. Bad stuff happens in our lives. Bad stuff happens around us in the lives of others. Well, Jacob resettled far away from home. So he's far away from home, and his dad's prayer of blessing starts coming true for him. He ends up with several wives, many children. He's accumulated many cattle, donkeys, goats, sheep. He's got many servants. So all the things that we would say, hey, that's a life of prosperity, he had in that day. God had blessed him, and he started growing in that blessing. And then after years of accumulating those blessings, God prompts him to go back home. Now, who's at home waiting for him? Who's at home that wants to kill him? We've got Esau, and I'm sure he's got a great memory. It's one thing he's never going to forget. He's never going to forget the moment that his younger brother stole the most valuable thing to him. So with fear and trembling, Jacob starts to head home. And on his way home, Jacob decides, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send some messengers out to just check on Esau. Like, how is he doing? Is he going to be like soft to me, maybe compassionate, or is he still angry? And his messengers come back, and their report is this. Esau has 400 warriors headed your way. They'll be here tomorrow. (laughs) So Jacob, he gets the message. Okay, my brother still hates me. My brother's coming to kill me. He's in a desperate place when he hears that news. Tomorrow, most likely, his life is going to be over. Tomorrow, most likely, his family, their lives are going to be over. Everyone in his family really has the chance of dying in this scenario. Listen to what happens in Genesis 32. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all of his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came along and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. Now, this is one of those, when you're reading the Bible, what just happened moments. You know, this is like watching a really bad Hollywood movie and then all of a sudden some like random dude pops in in stretchy pants and starts wrestling and you're going, what? I thought we were on another storyline here. Like, how does that fit into this story? So we've got Jacob in this desperate place trying to figure out how he's going to survive the next day and some random guy comes in and says, hey, you want to wrestle? Like, it's just totally random. So we aren't sure why these guys start wrestling. We don't even know the kind of wrestling they're doing. We don't know if this is WWF style. We don't know if this is MMA. We don't know if this is, you know, Greco-Roman or Nacho Libre. We don't know. 
So we have this totally random element in this story we're reading. So I'm reading this story uh, this past weekend going, all right, this is t- so random. Like, what can I like, do right here at this random moment? Hey, how about a Nacho Libre clip? That would be totally random. So thanks for hanging with my goofiness on that. All right, so back into the story. So we've got this totally random event that, that has happened. And, and we've got Jacob in this desperate situation. The last thing he needs to be doing is wrestling with some guy all night long. The next morning, he's got his brother with 400 warriors coming to kill him. He's in a desperate place. What's he doing? Wrestling with this man. So this feels like a major unnecessary detour in our story. But sometimes what feels like a detour in our story really is a path to God's greatest blessing for us. Verse 25 says, when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip. All he had to do was touch his hip and wrenched it out of its socket. When the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So again, we're, we're left wondering, who is this person wrestling with Jacob? Verse 30 gives us some strong indication of who this is. Verse 30 says, Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God, for he said, I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been spared. So it is believed that this is God himself in this moment that Jacob is wrestling with. And I think that's why Jacob is holding on with all he's worth. I think that's why Jacob won't let go. He's in a desperate situation. He knows what's happening tomorrow. He knows most likely his life will be over tomorrow. And he sees this man walk through camp, and I think he recognizes this isn't just some ordinary man. And he latches onto him, desperate for a blessing, desperate for something in his situation, desperate for God to intervene. When you're in one of those desperate places, what do you do? What's, it, what's your nature like? Do you hold on to God for all your worth when you are in a spot where you need God to intervene? Or do you let go and walk away from the only one who can help you make it through that difficult situation? The reality for all of us is that we all wrestle. We all wrestle with God. There are some people who wrestle with even believing that there is a God. There are others of us who wrestle with God on many different occasions. We wrestle with him in moments where we're desperate for him to do something in our lives. We wrestle with him for blessing. We wrestle with him for all kinds of things. So again, we all wrestle with God. Either you are in a wrestling match right now or you will be in a wrestling match in the future. When desperate situations come along, those are moments that we wrestle with God. Why are you doing this? Why are you allowing this? How is this gonna be good for me? Won't you bless me in some way? Won't you step in this scenario and do something supernatural? So again, what do you do when you're in those moments? Do you hold on to God? Is that your nature to know that he's the only one that can help you? Do you hold tightly or do you give up and walk away? In verse 27, God asks Jacob a very strange question. So God says, what's your name? I'm thinking, if this is God, he doesn't need to know his name. Like, he already knows his name. He knows everything about him. He knows what's coming tomorrow. 
So why would God ask him that question? Why would God say, what's your name? I think it's so that Jacob will have to look into the eyes of a holy God and admit the person he's been. I think so he'll look into God's holy eyes and say, I've been a deceiver. My name is Jacob. I'm known for deception. Part of receiving some of God's greatest blessings are when we admit to God the type of people that we have been. So let me ask, who are you and who have you been in your life? Have you been a deceiver? Have you been a manipulator? Have you been a a person who cheats or maybe an addict? Have you been selfish or greedy or jealous, maybe insecure, afraid all the time, or maybe doubting everything? Like what? what? What's the story of your, your life? What descriptive word would describe you? I think God wants us to admit those things to him. I think God wants us to look him in the eyes and say, this is the kind of person that I have been. I have been this. It's in those moments that we do that. That's when we can receive some of God's greatest blessings for us. Notice what God says in verse 28. Once Jacob has acknowledged who he has been, God said, your name will no longer be Jacob. From now on, you will be called Israel, which means you fought with God and with men and have won. That's a major name change. That's a major identity shift going on here. Major blessing from God. God saying, you're no longer going to be known as the deceiver. So up to that point, anytime he meets anyone, says, hey, what's your name? My name's Jacob. Oh, you're the deceiver. Hide your wallet. God says, you're not going to be known for that anymore. You're going to be now known as Israel the guy who fought with God and won. Hey, what's your name? Israel. Oh, you're the guy. You're the guy that wrestled with God and got a blessing out of that. You're the guy that got a new name. When we come to God in all honesty of who we have been, I think one of the blessings that God gives us is a brand new name. So if your life has been known as deception, if you've been known as the deceiver, you can get a new name. If you've been known as the manipulator or or the cheat, you can get a brand new name that brings a brand new future. You don't have to live up to your past any longer. You don't have to be defined by the things you've done in the past. And with an honest interaction with God, you can get a brand new name that gives you a brand new future. Now, verse 29 says, then the man blessed Jacob there. Now, you would think after a blessing from God himself, you would think that Jacob would be stronger than ever. God knows what's happening tomorrow. I mean, it's like we're a few hours away. I mean, dawn's about to happen. The the new day is already here. And God knows that Esau is coming with these warriors. You would think that Jacob maybe would have received the strength of a thousand men to defeat these guys. You know, this, this shepherd guy who doesn't know anything about war, you would think maybe God would give him some incredible strength to take on these warriors and defeat his brother, but that's not the case. Verse 31 says, the sun was rising as Jacob left and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. 
So Jacob was given a blessing, and Jacob was given a wound, a limp that some believe he carried with him the rest of his life. The rest of his life, he possibly walked with a limp. The next day, Jacob limped and led his family towards Esau and his warriors. They didn't have any weapons with them. They weren't ready for warfare. All they had was God's blessing and Jacob's limp. That's all they had when they were headed towards these warriors. The Bible says, as Jacob limped towards Esau, Esau ran to meet Jacob and he embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and he kissed him and they both wept. So we've got two brothers who've been fighting all their lives in one moment, reconciling this relationship that's been broken over a blessing. Maybe God knows something about blessings that we don't. Maybe God knew something about Jacob's brokenness. Maybe God knew that his brokenness would touch Esau's heart in a way that Jacob's craftiness never could. Jacob was given a blessing and Jacob was given a wound or maybe his wound contained his blessing. Maybe it was in there. Maybe you will bless more people with your limp than anything else. Maybe you will bless more people with your weakness than your strength. Maybe there's something in your wound that really is a blessing in disguise. When my dad was 51, he was diagnosed with leukemia. And that started an 11-year battle for him with this disease that ultimately took his life at 62. One of the things my dad said about leukemia was that he never prayed for God to take it away. And I didn't understand that. I prayed for God to take it away. My family prayed for God to take it away. Many people prayed for God to take away this disease that was killing my dad. But my dad didn't pray that. See, my, my dad said that leukemia was the thing that brought him closer to God than he'd ever been before. My dad said, I just can't imagine life without leukemia because of the blessing that is attached to it. Now, here's where our message gets confusing. Here's where I wish I had that nice little bow to put on your story and say you'll live happily ever after. But maybe, maybe that thing that you're struggling with right now, that thing that has brought you to your knees, that thing that has physically crippled you, or is emotionally crippling you, maybe that thing is one of God's greatest blessings in disguise for you. Maybe that difficult marriage that you're in, that marriage that you look at and think, I wish I could just get out of this thing. Maybe that thing is the thing that God is using to help you discover who he wants you to really be and how he wants you to live in a marriage relationship. Because our marriage relationships represent God to the world. Maybe that health issue that you're battling is the thing that God is using to draw you closer to him than you could ever be in your health. Maybe that difficult job situation is the thing that God is using to bring you your greatest blessing. Maybe those financial struggles are the things that God is using to draw you closer to him in ways that money never could. Maybe what feels like a major detour in your life is really a path that leads 
to God's greatest blessing for you. Some of God's greatest blessings come in very confusing packages and they're found on some very random roads in life. As you face those struggles of life, as you are in those difficult situations, as you end up on those random roads, how are you gonna interact? Are you gonna be like Jacob and recognize that God is the only one that can help you through that? Will you hold on to him for all you are worth, refusing to let go? Or are you going to let go? Again, and walk away from the only one who can bless you through your situation. I cannot encourage you enough. I can't wish enough for you that you would develop inside of you a tenacity like Jacob. A tenacity that says, I will not let go of you, God. It doesn't matter what I go through. I am desperate for you. I'm desperate for you to show up. I'm desperate for you to work in my life. I refuse to let go of you. I'm holding on to you. You're the only one I have. You're all that I have. And I think in that kind of tenacity is where God gives us a new name and a new future. And sometimes we end up with these surprising blessings that come in very surprising packages. Sometimes we're given a blessing and sometimes we're given a wound or just maybe our wound contains our greatest blessing. Let's pray together. Lord, we get to a spot in a message like this and we're left to continue wrestling. We don't have that nice little bow to put on the story and say, we're gonna live happily ever after. Lord, some people here today are in the middle of a wrestling match with you. They're desperate. They're desperate for you to do something supernatural in their situation, and they're begging you for a blessing. Lord, I pray that they would develop the tenacity of Jacob and hold on to you, knowing that you're the only one that can ever give them a blessing. Lord, and sometimes your blessings come in very strange packages. Sometimes your blessings are found on some totally random roads in life. What feels like a total detour is where we discover things that you can use to transform us in all of our lives. You can transform our identity and give us a brand new future and a brand new name. Lord, may we be like Jacob and may we hold on to you for all we're worth. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. Welcome to Epic. We are so glad that you are here with us this morning. My name is Sarah, and I have a few announcements for us this morning. First of all, if you are a new guest with us, we are so glad that you are here this morning. We are a church for people who don't do church. And so if you are here checking out God, maybe for the very first time, we're glad that you're here, and we hope you find this to be a safe place where you can check out what it means to have a relationship with with God at your own pace. If you are a new guest with us, we'd love for you to swing by the Connection Center on your way out. We have some information for you about EPIC, and we have someone there who can answer any questions that you may have about EPIC as well. Well, last night was an incredible night here. We had our volunteer kickoff, and it was a blast. There are some, if you want the inside scoop, there are some videos on Facebook with Tim dancing, and there was a game show, and just tons of fun, um, as well as Trent shared his, the heart and vision of Epic with our volunteers. So thank you for those of you who participate in that. 
Today, we have our Starting Point environment starting off for the fall. And if you signed up for Starting Point but haven't picked up your materials, please swing by the Connection Center on your way out and see Tim, and you can purchase those materials today. Today also is the last day for our food drive. Thank you so much for many of you have brought in bags and bags of food, and we have collected so much food over this last month. Give yourselves a hand. You guys have done an incredible job with that. Thank you very much. That will go to help local families here、um, who receive food for, through the Grace Community Food Pantry. And if you ever want to continue to donate food, we do collect、um, donations for the food pantry on an ongoing basis, used clothing and food. If you ever get buy one, get one freeze and want to do something with that, there will always be carts by the Connection Center and one in the Epic Kids area as well if you ever want to drop that off in the future. Today, we are wrapping up our series called The Power of a Blessing. And so、um, sit back and enjoy the rest of the service. What a compelling question. What if the challenges and trials in our lives are often God's mercies in disguise?、And、this message has just maybe touched you in a raw place and encouraged you to do what Trent said and to hold on to God, lean into Him. During this tough time in your life, if you want to explore further Esau and Jacob's story in the spiritual growth challenge, we have、um, this opportunity to, to dig deeper into their stories. We didn't cover all of their story、um, this morning, but you can pick up a spiritual growth challenge at the Connection Center or download one at theepicchurch.com. And if you call Epic your home, we want to remind you there's a couple ways that you can give back to what God is doing here this morning. You can give through、um, online at theepicchurch.com or through the giving boxes at the back of each section. Well, in two weeks, we have a big event coming up at Epic. We want you to check out this trailer. Well, we are so excited. We have the opportunity to make a difference in our community and bring hope to people. These people matter. All people matter to God, and all people matter to us. So, in two weeks, on Sunday, October 13th, we want to leverage all of who we are as Epic and go into our community and serve together on a Sunday morning. So, on that Sunday, the 13th, we're not going to have our regularly scheduled services at 9 15 and 11, but we're going to be meeting here at 8 30 and going into the community and serving through 11 different projects. We will be offering childcare for nursery through kindergarten. So, if you have kids in that age, you can drop them off at Epic Kids that morning before 8 30, and we'll offer childcare. We do need you to pre register for that.、Um, you can do so online, and we also have signups in the back as well for that. But we're offering projects for families, for first grade and up, to serve with their families, for students, and for adults. And, Um, there are lots of different opportunities. This morning, you can sign up in the back after the service, or you can read about them all online and sign up this week. The signups will end next Sunday. But a few of the projects that we're going to be doing, one of them、um, is called A Brush with Kindness. We're going to be painting the outside of three homes in Benel. They're all on one street, so we're able to really add a spark of life、um, and a, a little bit of hope to that neighborhood. We also、um, have an opportunity to serve some elderly residents at Windsor Assisted Living and bring some joy to them.、Um, that will be a family oriented project. Will there be some craft and game time with them, some songs, that type of thing? We'll have a prayer team here at the church.、Um, so we'd love for you to join that team to pray for our community, 
pray for um, people who don't know God to be a part um, and for the opportunities that morning. We also have opportunity to be part of a Habitat build. Um, that day will be an exciting day. It's going to be in the S section. The, um, we're going to go from a slab to framing a house on that day. We have two projects that end um, a little bit later. All the projects will end at noon, except the Habitat build and the food pantry project will end at 3. But our child care will be from 8.30 to noon that day. So after the service, please go by, check out all the projects, sign up. We had one project already fill up this morning. We expect more of them to fill up this week, so we want you to get into the project that you'd love to. So please sign up this morning. Well, thank you for coming, and we hope you have a great Sunday. Thank you.